You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. So that's why we're down here in the church. Usually we're over in the cabin. Um, so that's why I decided to do a test tonight. Uh, I hate to test it out on our, on our Facebook and YouTube audience, but this, the only way I can know that all systems are good. So uh, that's why we're taking a little extra time. We're still early. We were going to start at 5 o'clock. It's about 4 minutes before the hour. Uh, so we're still ahead of the game for you guys that are on board already. Here's for the mark. Mark, can you hear me now? Hi, Brother Larry. Is that am I? Are you hearing me better now? Much better. Much better. I think we're I think we're doing okay now. <laughs> so okay, I, I rebooted my phone and and called in again. No, you're you're doing fine. Don't. Yeah, you're okay. doing fine now. Um, okay, we're, we're going to go ahead and sing a couple hymns. Uh, I don't want to think. I'm going to try to turn this camera around. Hopefully, I don't lose my signal. Um, and the first song we're going to sing tonight is 335. Right there. Okay. 335. That is, that is Mark Kennedy's phone. Mark, you want to start that? We are often crossing driven on the restless sea of time. Songs shine in our canvas, often see the bright sunshine. In that land of perfect day, in the midst of cold away, we will understand it better by and by. By and by, when the morning comes, when the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we will overcome. We will understand it better by and by. We are often destitute of the things that life demands. Want of food and want of shelter, thirsty hills and barren land. But we're trusting in the Lord and according to his work. We will understand it better by and by. Trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand all the ways that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. But he'll guide us with his eye, and we'll follow till we die. We will understand it better by and by. Here today, his take us on and our ultimately by some thoughtless word or deed. And we wonder why it has when we try to do our best. 
will understand it better by and by. with us. 
looks like we've lost him again, so I'm not sure what's going on um, tonight. Um, <laughs> we'll have to fine-tune our, our um, broadcast down here in the, uh, the church. We'll have to come up with a different... Um, different signal or something that says our internet is restored. So, Mark, if you want to try to call back in, I'll try to bring you back in, brother. Uh, uh, and hopefully, brother um, Christopher Dernan will be joining us shortly as well. Well, this is a subject tonight that uh, I've often shared with people. The first time that I heard a teaching on the ninth chapter of Romans, it was really... Um, it was really amazing because I had been taught something totally different all of my life. And so when I began to study the Bible for myself, I began to see that uh, either the people that had taught me were in error or I didn't know how to read. <laughs> okay, it's pretty simple. And I found out that I had been taught many, many errors throughout my life. I want to start by reading uh, in the ninth chapter of Romans, beginning with um, the ninth verse, for this is the word of promise, at this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good well, now it looks like Brother Mark is back with us again. Welcome back, Brother Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Trying to uh, wrestle with this thing. <laughs> yes. Okay. With the, children, with the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It Amen. was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Now I'm going to stop there, and I'm just going to make a few comments. <laughs> when I began to study through this, I found one of the things that was most uh, important in this was the reality that um, these uh, children were not yet born they were still in the womb of Rebecca. And according to this scripture, it says that neither of them had done any good or evil. Okay? And we know that scripture tells us that we are, but we are born and conceived in sin. Okay? We are born and conceived in sin. And so they were not born yet. So it says they hadn't done any good or evil, and the reason that he points us that out is he says that the purpose of God according to election might stand. <laughs> now, that right there gives absolute proof that election exists. Okay? Yep. A lot of people deny election. Now, when we talk about the subject of limited atonement or particular redemption, we, we cannot leave out uh, the passage. And I'm going to turn this over to Brother Mark here 
and have him get, give his thoughts on what we're going through tonight. But when we go back to Ephesians, the first chapter, Ephesians mm-hmm. 1, and we we start with uh, verse 2, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can see where it comes from. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according, as he, cho- according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of, the, of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now, I'm not going to read this whole chapter because you all are very familiar with it, but he says in verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, the question that I have, and then I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark. The question that I have is, you know, did Jesus Christ die for the sins of the whole world without exception? And then we have to say that if is the case if Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world without exception, <clears throat> then if his death was successful for whom he died for, every single person in the whole world is going to be in heaven because that's the only way that God's death could be successful for everybody without exception. <clears throat> now, you know, like in Scripture, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you of your father the devil and the works of your father you will do. He said, you're from beneath, I'm from above. Jesus Christ also said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me and no man can pluck them out of my hand and no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. Jesus Jesus also said that this is the work of God that you believe on him, John 6, 29. So the question that I have is, um, do you believe that Jesus Christ loves everybody in the world, every boy, every girl, every man, and every woman, without exception? Does he love them? Did he die for them? And if you say yes, then my answer to to you is why was his blood not effectual for them if they're going to be in hell? Why did he die for them? And so if your answer is because they did not accept him into their heart, they didn't choose him, they didn't let Jesus into their heart, then you're actually making man the author of his salvation and not God. You're actually making man the author of his own salvation through his own belief, repentance, faith, whatever. And that's my first statement. Now I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark Kennedy to get his uh, kind of summary of what we talked about. 
Thank you, Brother Larry. God bless you. Is Brother Chris with us yet? Not yet. Okay, he should be here soon, any minute now, hopefully. Anyway, yes. I agree with everything you said. And uh, and Paul starts off here in Romans 9 with, uh, he, 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 the initial three verses here, which Paul is starting Romans 9 with, he says, he he seems to be very um, sorrowful uh, in his heart about the brethren, because he he says in verse three here, for I could wish that I myself were accursed for from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. You know his his Jewish Roman citizens. And say he said he said he identifies them here in verse four, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. And then in verse five he says, Whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. So in the initial uh, verses here in Romans 9, Paul seems to be afflicted with sorrow for his brethren that he, you know, probably is figuring out that they might not be of the elect at this time. And so, but then in verse 6, he, he does a little kind of a little about face here, and he's saying, yes, that being the case, that being said, he says the word of, not as though the word of God has taken none effect. This is the famous verse that begins, you know, the, the diatribe here in Romans 9 about uh, limited or particular redemption or limited atonement. And so he says that cl our classic statement of uh, the uh, of the identity of the remnant here in verse 6. For not for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. So, um, and we've been over this many times, and, and I believe in verse 6 here, if I'm not mistaken, he's, you know, he's, he's making a statement that national or, you know, physical Israel is not the spiritual remnant of Romans 9, in other words, spiritual Israel. So that's why he says they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. So because, you know, as we know, most of Israel in the time of Christ rejected him and were in and were sealed in unbelief. So this is in here in verse 6, this is the, this is the identification of the spiritual remnant out of the whole, you know, of Israel. It's, it's like the invisible church is a subset of the visible church in the world. Same kind of, same kind of situation here with Israel. We have the total number of, of, you know, people which make up national or physical Israel and then a subset of that would be spiritual Israel. And same thing with the church in the world. We have the whole number of people making up the visible church in the world. And then we have a subset, 
which is unknown to, you know, everyone except Jehovah, the subset of the visible church, which is the invisible or true church in the world. And then here in verse 7, he starts into his uh, delineation of this wonderful and hated doctrine of particular redemption, limited atonement or particular redemption. Here in verse 7, he says, just because they're of the Abraham doesn't mean they are of the spiritual remnant, but it's Isaac. Isaac is going to be the the uh, root of this lineage of the of the spiritual remnant of Israel and and all the people of the world too, the Gentiles. So, thank God that that thank I I just praise God that that Paul was ordained and authorized by Jehovah to go to the Gentiles because that is where we come in because we're Gentiles. Probably all of us on this call are Gentiles. And so I just thank God God that Jehovah authorized and commissioned Paul to go to the Gentiles and Yes, he did it in Romans chapter 11. If we look at that, you know, I'm not going to go to it now, but he he mentions uh, an idea in Romans 11 that God sent the uh, Paul to the Gentiles to provoke the unbelieving Jews to jealousy. That's in Romans 11, verse 11. I'll just read that one verse real quick. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. That's Romans 11, verse 11. And now we'll go back to 9. So, yes. So, and then in verse 8, they of the children of the flesh are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. And if you look at Galatians 4, it also references this with the uh, explanation of the two covenants, the covenant of bondage, which is Hagar, and the covenant of promise, which is Sarah. And I love the last verse of Galatians 4 where he says, So then, brethren, we are... Yep. If, uh, Galatians 4.31, so then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. I just praise God for that. So, yep, so if you read Galatians 4, you will see clearly that the covenant of bondage is Hagar, and the covenant of promise, of which we are, his elect in Christ, are, is from Sarah. And so that's a wonderful explanation in these two things and and so so the 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 nominal christians out there in the world that deny this doctrine are on seriously shaky ground theologically speaking and they are headed for trouble if they don't uh repent of their unbiblical views and get right and get it straight and get right with god Praise God, brothers. Those are my thoughts. I hope Brother Chris is here soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and we know that the only way that they can get right with God and repent is if God quickens is them it? and grants yeah. them. Now, 
I want to take just a minute and welcome yep. aboard James Tippins, Wayne Parks, John Palmer, Josh Elson, Nancy Mora, Ashley Kinney. Good to see you with us, Ashley. Um, yes. Freeman, Robert D'Aquisto, Carrie Tripp, James Dye. It's been a while, James. Mindy Rice, Lee Disselhorst. Lee, I saw you last night in the middle of the night. I almost almost rang you up. Tom Bello Felito, um, and all the rest of you that are with us that I may not be able to see on my screen. We have Makish um, from India. We have Pastor Will Grimes. We have Terry Spray. Uh, so we have quite a representation. And I'm not even going over to YouTube right at this moment. I can. Uh, I don't want to lose my signal on TalkShoe with Brother uh, Mark. Um, as many of you, as many of you know, uh, I wrote a book a year or so ago entitled, and we we went through it all all the chapters of it. God does not love everyone, but He does love His elect from everlasting to everlasting. Well, it got quite a stir, the title of it. And most of the people that would respond would respond by saying, have you not read John 3.16? <laughs> well, I've read John 3.16 many, 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 many times, and I'm going to do it again for you all yep. tonight and let you know that I am familiar with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he... He gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the presupposition of people that uh, stand on John 3.16 as their foundational um, proof text for their theology <coughs> is that God so loved the world, for God so loved the world. But it doesn't yep. stop it. It doesn't say, for God so loved the world, and then period. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. Now, who, who, are, who are the whosoever's that believe in him? That's the question. That's who right. are the by, by there being that little disclaimer there, that whosoever believeth on him, is absolutely proof that not all believe upon him. And we know mm -hmm. that. We know we know that every person in the world without exception does not believe on Jesus because we have many other religions in the world. We have Confucianism, we have uh Buddhism, we have Muslim faith, we have Roman Catholicism, which is not Christianity, we have Judaism, yep. we have the Jesuits, we have all kinds of religions out there. So we yes. know that not all believe on Jesus Christ. So the question that we have to ask ourselves in regards to this question of particular redemption is, is a person's faith what brings them eternal life? That's what the Arminian tries to say. It says, and he'll use this verse as a proof text for that. Whosoever believeth on him, uh, he says, he that, in other words, whosoever believeth 
on him should not perish but have everlasting life. So they automatically conclude that all you have to do is believe on him and you have eternal mm-hmm. life. Because God God gave himself for the whole world. Well That's the right. problem is we have to we have to get down to the question of where belief comes from. Where does belief come from? And that's why I started back in Ephesians, and I'm going to go back to Brother Mark here in a minute, but in Ephesians, it tells tells us there's one particular uh, problem with us believing. There's a big problem with us believing. Why is that? Because he says that uh, in chapter 2, verse 1, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. How can someone who's dead do anything, including have faith, believe, turn their life around, convert, make an, uh, let Jesus into their heart, accept Jesus? How can someone who's dead in their trespasses and sin do any of that? Okay, well, he says in verse 4, But God, who's rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with grace, by, with Christ, by grace are you saved. Now, Amen. he said in verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. Okay, so this dispels the John 3.16 theology that whosoever yep. believeth on him have everlasting life because he says it's not of yourselves, that it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. Now, I want to go back to John 6.29 again. John chapter Damn. 6, verse 29. And they came to him, they came to Jesus, and they said, they wanted to know what do we have to do uh, what what is it? What kind of works do we have to do to get into heaven? Right, John six. He says in verse, uh, uh, you know, twenty eight. They said unto him, What shall we do? What shall we do that we might work the works of God? In other words, Man. how can we? How can we? How can we save ourselves? <laughs> Jesus answered and said unto them, verse twenty nine. This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. It's not your work. Amen. It's the work of God. And so, now, there are many passages in Hebrews that talk about the atonement and how that Jesus Christ died for the sins of many, not all. It uses the word many over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now, we have also a representation of the, what the atonement does. What does what does the atonement do for the sinner? The well, let's look back at Hebrews, and I'm going to turn it back over to Brother Mark here in a minute. I want to look at a couple passages in Hebrews. Um, let's look in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 14. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 14. It says, mm-hmm. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, we know that sanctified means being set apart by God. That's what it means in that in the context of this verse. 
So we could read it like this. For by one offering he had perfected forever them that are set apart by God. Okay, so now let me ask you this. Was everyone in the world without exception set apart by God? No, they were not. You can go back in the Old Testament and find absolute proof of that. In the Amorites, the Amalekites, Hittites, and I can name a, a lot of other uh, nationalities that were not set apart by God. Jesus Christ said to Jeremiah, I did not choose you because you were the greatest number. I chose you because I loved you. Okay? Amen. And so there we see a distinction made that Jesus Christ did not love all men without exception. Right. Now, I want to now look in Hebrews, the ninth chapter and the 28th verse. Ninth chapter and the 28th verse. Surprise, surprise was hard to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look shall they appear the second time without sin and salvation. Now, for, now, who was Christ offered for? Larry? We, yes, go ahead. Oh, you were breaking up for a second. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to turn back over to Brother Mark now and let him uh, further uh, summarize and give his perspective on these passages. Okay. Thank you, Brother. Thank you. God bless you. And I want to say uh, welcome and God bless you to all of the saints that Larry mentioned a couple of minutes ago. Welcome, all of our saints. Thank you for being with us. May Jehovah meet you right where you're at, in the situation you're at, and shine and and take care of you, and he will. Okay, let me, yes, let, yes. Let me interrupt just a second. Oh, sure. I just, I just went over to YouTube, and there's a lot of conversations going on over there uh, between oh. uh, Aston Hunt and Thomas Mossy. And uh, oh. I, I'm not going to go into all of that between uh, Mossy and Hunt, but I'm going to okay. tell you that uh, I I do agree with Thomas Mossy. Uh, God created people on purpose to help, and he says I don't buy that. Well, Thomas, all yeah. I can tell all I can tell you is he says that shows that uh, God is not God and is sadistic. Well, right. Uh, look. And then Austin says, I don't think any, anyone believes it is an essential doctrine for salvation. Well, uh-huh. I, I, I just want to say this. Uh, mm-hmm. whether, you, whether you believe something or not, okay, whether you believe something or not doesn't make it true or false, okay? Right. Well, your belief is not what represents whether it's true or false. What makes That's it right. true or false? what the Bible says. You can say, right. Thomas, that you don't buy that, okay? And you can say that God is sadistic. People have been saying that down through the down through history. But I, I've got news for you. We're going to go on now, and I want to have Brother Mark, Mark, if you could, I want you to go back to Brother 
at just moments now, and I want you to read for these uh, folks that are on YouTube. I want you mm-hmm. to read. Now, they probably don't believe the Bible is inspired, infallible, inherent word of God, but we, we, do, we do believe it. So I want you to start with uh, uh, verse, verse uh, 14, because this is really the conversation that's going on between these two people on YouTube. I want you to read uh, 14, and I want you to read down through uh, 20, 20, 22. In Romans 9, right? Yes, 14 through 22. Okay. All right. Thank you, Brother Larry. I just want to say one thing before I do that. Uh, so what this fellow on, uh, on YouTube is saying is very dangerous because it's, ve- it's very close to... to you're charging God with evil, basically, and that's a very dangerous place to go, theologically speaking. And to say that I don't believe that God created it, look at the look at the look at the parable of the potter and the clay, where he says some vessels have been made for noble purposes, and the rest have been made for dishonor. So to say that you don't believe that God made vessels of wrath prepared in advance for destruction, that's very dangerous ground to approach charging God with evil like that. That's very dangerous. Hey, Brother Andrew is with us. Praise God. God bless you, Brother Andrew. Okay, yes, and I wanted to say one thing about the John 3.16 and then get to Romans 9.14. Yes, that's right. Brother Larry, the whosoever believeth is what they don't uh, specifically pin down. And they go through the first 15 verses of the chapter and they ignore it until they get to verse 16. But if they looked at, but if they paid attention to the first 15 verses of John 3, they would see verse 3 where Jesus is answering Nicodemus here, and he says, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so this is where Jesus is interacting with Nicodemus, who was up in the tree at night and and, and, uh, came to Jesus at night. In verse 3, he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then in verse, and then Jesus says, how, and then Nicodemus in verse 4, he says, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? And then Jesus, you know, goes on in verse 5, except a man be born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then in verse 6, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit. And then in verse 7, he says, marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. And then in verse 8, he gives that verse about the spirit. The wind blows where it will, and you don't know where it's going, but you hear the sound of it. And you cannot tell where it comes and where it goes, and so is the spirit. And so they conveniently ignore the first 15 verses, and then they get to verse 16, and they go, aha, there it is. And they pull it out, which is the they're violating a cardinal rule of textual interpretation here, pulling out one scripture 
and setting it against the rest of Scripture. It doesn't work that way. That's, that's wrong. It doesn't work like that. So, praise God, brothers. All right, so going to go back to Romans chapter 9 here, and we're going to go from 14 to 25, was it? Yes, that's fine. Okay, all right. So starting in Romans chapter 9, in the authorized King James Version, of course, Paul is beginning to refute them. Verse 14, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Here it is. Verse 16, so then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. There it is. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose I have raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. When, when Pharaoh was oppressing the Israelites, Pharaoh thought he hardened his own heart, but it was God that did it, and for the precise reason mentioned in this verse 17 here, that God might show his power in all the earth and that his name might be declared in all the earth. So Pharaoh did not harden his own heart. God did, and for this specific purposes here in verse 17. Here we go, verse 18. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardness. You hear that, you free willers, you Arminians, denying the sovereignty of God? Do you hear that? Therefore he hath mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardness. Do you hear that, you free willers out there? It's not your choice. Okay, here we go. Verse 19, thou will say to me, and then why does he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? Verse 20, nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me? The apostle Paul is saying to you, freewillers, check yourself. Check your doctrine. <laughs> it ain't right. Here we go. Here it is, the potter and the clay. Verse 21, hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? You hear that, you free willers? What if God, verse 22, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory. Verse 23, on the vessels of mercy, the elect of God, which he hath afore prepared unto glory. Verse 24, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, praise God, but also of the Gentiles, praise God for that. And then verse 25, as, as he saith also in O.C., I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. So, this is, this is the real deal here. This is the real gospel, and everything else that's fake, when the real comes along, the fake must go. Praise God, brothers. 
So thank you for doing the meeting that. And uh, I did talk to Christopher earlier, and so he was planning on, something must have come up because he was planning on coming on tonight. Um, I want to, want to acknowledge people, more people have joined us. This is a hot topic. Thomas yep. Carey, uh, Peter Pass, uh, Dan Torzette, as well as on the YouTube side, YouTube side, we still have uh, uh, going in. And, you know, they're using everything other than the bias to try to validate uh, their positions, all the way from Jerome, uh, and they're not into denial of a literal hell. So that's what happens when people start questioning the Word of God in one part, they'll question it in every other area. Now, I want to look at John 10 a little bit. John 10, um, you know, this fact to uh, the fact as to why certain people don't believe, why certain people don't believe. He says, I am the good shepherd. I'm reading John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now, do you believe that all the people in the world are sheep? No, because Revelation tells us that there are sheep and there are goats. And he said in the last day, the sheep will be on the right hand and the goats will be on the left hand. So not, not everyone is a sheep. And That's anyway, right. he says in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now, notice um, in verse 25, Jesus answered these people that were coming against him. He said, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not. And then he tells them why they don't believe. Uh, he says, you, be, you believe not because you're not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And then what was the response of the Jews who didn't believe on him? Your, your response is the same response that we've got going on over in the conversation on YouTube right now. Here's their response. The Jews took up stones again to stone him. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are figuratively stoning you and me tonight, brother Mark Kennedy. Okay, they hate us with the passion. Oh, yeah. If we were, if we were over at their house, they would take stones out and and pelter us with their stones. Okay, they don't like gotcha. it. Okay. Yep. And so anyway. Uh, also, I want to look at one other quick passage, and then I'm going to turn it back over to Brother Mark. Um, mm-hmm. In verse, in chapter eight, okay, chapter eight, we see the same thing: Jesus answering these people, and he says to them, uh, you know, they start arguing with him, trying to t- take on their physical lineage, saying that they're of Abraham's seed. In verse thirty-three. They answered mm-hmm. and said, we were Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? And so 
anyway, what happens is this conversation goes on down through. And you know what Jesus said to them in verse 39? He says, if you were of Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that had told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they, they knew exactly what he was talking about when he said, you do the deeds of your father. But look how they answered him. Then they yeah. said to him, he be not born of fornication. They knew he was talking to the devil. They knew that, that he was referring to their father as the devil because they said, we be not be born of fornication. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. By the yep. way, that's the same thing for the Jews today that deny the Messiah. If God were their father and they were the chosen people, they would love Jesus Christ. They hate Jesus Christ. Okay? Yes. If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because yep. you cannot hear my word. And then he Amen. goes on. He, he hears, here it is, right here. Here it is. Ye are of your father the devil. Ye are of your father the devil. So that proves that God does not love everyone in the world without exception because he calls these people out and says that they have a different father. They're their father the devil. And he says, uh, again, 48, then answered the Jews and said, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan that has the devil. Now they're, saying, now they're accusing Jesus of having a devil. And Jesus is the one that created the devil. Jesus is the one that created the Pharisees. Jesus is the one that created all things. And they're calling Jesus himself as the having the devil. Now, yep. uh, so this is, this, is, um, this, is what, this is what it is. There are two people on the face of the earth. There are those who are called by God, who are chosen by God, who are predestinated by God, and there are those who are vessels of wrath fitted for destruction. That's what it tells us in Romans 9. Most people yep. totally deny that. They say, I don't go along with that. I don't believe it. Well, if you don't go along with it, I've often said this, you might as well just go ahead and throw your Bible in the trash can. If you don't want to believe all the Bible, don't try to piecemeal. Don't try to eat it like fish and spit out the bones that you don't like. All right, I'm going to turn it back to Brother Mark. Go ahead, Brother. That's that crazy guy who just passed away a few years ago. Uh, what was his name? The Crystal Cathedral guy? Uh, Robert Schuler. Uh, Schuler, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you say if you don't, you know, you got to read the Bible like, Eating fish, you spit out. If you come across something you don't like, spit out the bones. Uh, see that that that's, that has taken root in a lot of nominal Christians' minds, and that's yeah. a that's a terrible methodology for reading scripture. No, when you read scripture, it's all or nothing. That's right. If you 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 take the whole thing. Or like Brother Larry said, you might as well just throw it in the trash can because, you know, one, 
And that's what Thomas Jefferson did. He he cut out the parts of scripture that he didn't like. And that's, that's what right. nominal chinos you know, today. These Christians in name only. I call them chinos. Christians in name only. And so this, we need, yeah, this, need, um, need the warning of revelation. You take away from the scripture, your part in the book of life is going to be taken away. And if you add to scripture, the plagues are going to be added to you. So heed the warning of revelations. And, yeah, let, uh, let me interrupt a second. Let me interrupt a second. This sure, Thomas sure. Moss is saying on YouTube, I'm not against you. You're still my brother in Christ. We are all sinners and so on. I do love Jesus. Your assumption is is based on your belief system program, but I'm not here to attack. So is there a duality in God that it sounds like? Please correct me if I'm wrong. Well, uh, I don't believe I don't believe I believe in the whole counsel of God. <laughs> okay, and then he says, uh, you know, he he basically is trying to justify his position of coming against the Bible. He says, "Stop right. speaking." He says, "Stop speaking lies about someone who has disagreement on the secondary right. issues, the essentials." Let me tell you, this isn't a secondary issue. This is Believe primary. I, this is, has nothing to do with programming, brother. This has nothing to do with how I was programmed. This has to do with the infallible, inspired Word of God. And when you come against the Word of God. You're not speaking against Larry Phillips. How can you hear my brother, how can you see my brother in Christ and speak yeah. against the inspired word? How can you come against uh, the word of how can you come against the word of God and Jesus Christ and his doctrine, okay, and still say you're my brother in Christ is my question. Right. You can say you love Jesus, but Jesus said that if you love me, you will adhere to to my doctrine, to my testimony. Sheep mm-hmm. hear my voice. Okay, my sheep hear my voice. And so that's, that's right. my that's my admonition to you, brother. It sounds like you you don't want to accept the fact that God says that He hated uh, Esau and loved. Jacob, you want to call that duality? That's fine. That's fine with me. You say you do believe in the whole counsel of God. He says I'm so defensive. No, I'm not defensive. I'm just mm-hmm. proclaiming the truth of God's word. You know, that's right. I keep and they follow me, and no man can pluck them out of my hand. And all my, you know, all that the Father has given me will come to me. He says, Esau, have I hated? Yep. And you won't deal with that. You will not deal with that scripture. You can mm-hmm. get Yeshua and all this other stuff, but let me tell yep. you something. Uh, Jesus said, Jesus yep. said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. My commandments aren't grievous. And what are his commandments? To love the Lord by God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And to love your neighbor is yourself. And lying about the Bible is not loving the Lord Jesus. 
All right, I'm going to turn it back to Brother Mark. We're kind of coming down. We're coming down to the end of the hour. I'm going to let Mark okay. kind of bring this to a conclusion on particular atonement limited tonight. Uh, we, again, uh, value all of our listeners and your input. Uh, I want to thank Dan Corset and Peter uh, Pelos, and then we've also uh, have Andrew Brown and friend of ours from Wichita, Mark uh, Ashley Kinney, uh, Rick Torek, a very good friend from California, has joined us. Uh, just thank you all for your support and your good comments tonight. So I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark to conclude things out. Okay, thank you, Brother. Okay, I wanted to uh, pick up on one thing that you said earlier, Brother Larry, and then I have a scriptural reply to this uh, fellow on YouTube. But you said you said uh, that if they if we were right in front of these people, they would stone us, and that's right. That's exactly what they did to Stephen. That's exactly what they did to many of the prophets yes. in the time of Christ. Paul was shipwrecked. Oh, the things that Paul went through. It's just incredible. But Jesus said, yes, they're going to hate you because they hated me first. Right. That's right. It actually says if you don't believe the Jesus of the Bible, then you are lost. Exactly right, Brother Ashley. So, yes, if, these, if we were in front of these people instead of safe in our homes in front of our computer screen, they would stone us. Exactly what they did to the people in the time of Christ that were saying these things that they didn't like. Okay, I got a reply to this fellow on YouTube who doesn't like the sovereignty of God. You're on, you're on illegitimate theological ground. I'm not going to call you brother because you hold to a different yeah. gospel. So I got a scriptural reply to you, brother, to you sir, and that is Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8. I'll go 6, 7, and 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7 of Romans 8, because the carnal mind is enmity or hatred against God, for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be. Verse 8, so they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay, so, Mr. YouTube, do you hear that? <laughs> hey, Mark, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. I don't know what's going on, but you're breaking oh. up a little bit. Uh, oh, I'm we can sorry. hear. That's all right. You can't control it, but we could hear about every third. Uh, but oh, you were reading from, you were reading from right. Romans, and we, I think what you were reading from is, I think you were reading, in, I think the reading was the carnal mind uh, yes. cannot, in other words, we know that the carnal mind is not, susceptible, is not receptive to the Word of God. That's right. So, So you see... Uh, this fellow on YouTube is entirely unjustified in refusing to accept the sovereignty of God. Uh, Mr. YouTube, God is in charge and you are not. So deal with it. You're That's still breaking it. 
follow. All right. Well, praise God. That's that's my thoughts at this point. And uh, again, I reiterate Brother Ashley's comment because he is exactly right. If you don't believe the Jesus of the Bible, then you are lost. And what and and these people who have a problem with the sovereignty of God. They don't believe they don't believe the Jesus of the Bible, and that is evidently what the situation is with the fellow on YouTube that you told me about. So, yeah. all right, well, praise God. Now that we've dealt with that, thanks to everybody's help and the Lord, most of all, the Lord first and foremost, of course, and and giving replies through our different brothers, like Brother Ashley's excellent comment. So praise God, brothers. That's my comment for the moment. Well, I want to yes. thank everybody. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. We're at the end of the hour, and uh, we want. I want to apologize for the connections, but I can't control technology. I apologize right. for the break there, uh, but we we were able to retain the recording. Uh, I want to go ahead and stop the recording so we can make sure that we capture it. Uh, and so I want to uh, thank Brother Mark for joining us tonight and uh, just let you know that Brother Carl Roberts has asked to take a little sabbatical, a little respite from talk show. He'll probably be back with us from time to time, uh, but yes. he's, uh, he's just asked to kind of take a little break from that. So we will be on, uh, we plan on having our fellowship call tomorrow night. And uh, I'll have to talk to Brother Mark, and we'll come up with a topic. So I think what we'll do is maybe okay with you. We'll just kind of have an open format, and the people that are with us tonight, if you want to call in on TalkShoe and introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about yourself, we'll just take a time just to get to know each other a little better tomorrow night. How's that, Brother Mark? Sounds good. Sounds good. So we'll just uh, forego any topic tomorrow night. Just ask those that called in tonight on Facebook. If you can call in on TalkShoe, you've got all the information. If you want to know how to call in, we'll welcome you in, and you can live with us, and we can kind of get to know you on a first-name basis. So with that, I'm going to conclude the call tonight so I can capture the recording. Thank you all. Thank the gentleman on YouTube for coming on, even though we're in um, uh, total disagreement with you your positions, and thank you for uh, live uh, and all the friends on Facebook for joining us tonight. With that, I want to say tonight, Brother uh, Mark, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. God bless you, Trent. God bless you, Brother Ashley. God bless you, Brother Larry, Rosette, Mark, and Tulip. Love you, Trent. <laughs> all right. Good night. Good night. God bless. <laughs>